That's right. Welcome back to the Wrong Purpose Podcast, where it's about tapping into your real authentic self while thriving in your divine purpose as well. And we just, of course, tapping in with these great episodes, bringing on the best guests to help bring forth that specific purpose and help you tap in. And guys, we are still in this whole entrepreneurship business owner conversation. Like, we've got such great feedback. Um, people have really enjoyed the content. So we're just going to keep going forward. And today, we have a few returning guests. We had them before when we were talking about being a husband, being a father. But he's coming to talk about his, his how he makes a living, right? He is probably one of the dopest producers. Um, he's producing songs that you probably know and didn't know that it was him. Um, and you know, him and I are like, he's, he's like one of my big bros, right? We've been able to create a, a dope bond over the past, uh, four or five years. And so it was like, Hey, we're talking about entrepreneurship. A lot of people want to understand how to get in the music business. How does it work? Um, we've done some stuff together, which has taught me even about the music business. And so I was like, yo, let me see if Wes had come through and be able to sit down and, and holler at us and, or not holler at us, that sounds so lame. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come through with Kick um, it with us <laughs> Right So y'all do yeah. us a favor again Well, Welcome uh, Wes back to the stage He's back again He's back again What's up everybody? What's up bro? What's up bro? Man, so So How you been first and foremost? It's been Actually what? It was about this time last year we had, we had you coming on Was it a year? It was Oh wow It was, it was. That's yeah. crazy know, Yeah, because right? we were in marriage uh, We were in uh, marriage and family last year Yeah Man, what made the time pass by that fast? I know. Jeez, it seems like late last month. Yeah, but um, but man, what you been up to, man? What you, what oh you man, well you know what I've been up to. I've been, been yeah, I've been up to uh, my usual, which is you know, family, God, music. Those are the three elements, and some Netflix and chilling with my wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, just been uh really focused on finishing up um. Uh, my project in the last, uh, I don't know how many years. It's been a long, long, long time coming. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, just been been pretty cool time. Uh, been catching up on a lot of dope podcasts like this. You know, um, I'm a big podcast watcher too. So, um, yeah, man, just been just doing music, doing doing uh, time with my family, and most importantly, still trying to grow. With my relationship with God. What's up? What's up, man? Nice. So, man, you you wanna you wanna you wanna dive into your project, or you know you want us to wait until? Hey, it's it's, it's on you, man. Like you, you driving this car, bro. So yeah. So actually, <coughs> like, how long have you been in? How long have you been doing music? Right. Okay, I've been doing music. Um, I've been doing music for a long time, for probably since I was twelve. So. I mean, like eighty percent, ninety percent of my life down there. You know what I'm saying? So I've I've been um that's that's how long I've been doing music. I've been singing since I was out of the womb. So I've had some element of music in me basically since birth. So 
I mean, you you hear the same thing for people who do music that are you know creative and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> So you came out singing like Stevie Wonder when you came out the womb? Like that? Nah, not like Stevie Wonder. But you know what's so funny? Because you don't remember anything like when you're a kid, but your parents tell you like right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was saying that um, like I think around the age of two, I would uh, be able to recite whatever that I heard, like themes. <clears throat> like it, if it was something on a movie, I'd be able to recite the theme. And she was like, oh, man, this this kid is going to be able to do music. And then, you know, I was, this is typical stuff, you know, beating on pots and pans and stuff. You know, drums was my first instrument. So beating on pots and pans. So um, they were telling me that was happening, you know, really, really early, like two or three years old. So I think most people that are doing music, you know, pretty much have some idea, like when they're younger. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's crazy because, mm-hmm. like, Mom, my wife has taken baby girl to some like rehearsals, mm-hmm. and we found out that she has like perfect pitch. Um, super dope. Like, <laughs> and like last Easter, actually, we took her to our old pastor's house. And you know how most kids come, and when they see a piano or something, they just bang on it. She was like, <laughs> and then she hit one note and and matched the pitch very well. Oh she man, just don't, don't play with her. Right, right. So, Dude, I had I I got a picture of her on my phone on my um on uh my one of my keyboards. <laughs> right, I remember that. Yeah, when I got the Linza stuff, I was actually gonna uh send you guys the picture. I was gonna like trick it out in the Linza, send you guys a picture. <laughs> right. So it's it's amazing being able to see like to foster because like now we know that's something that she's gonna be gifted at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, good that y'all recognize. It. Right, right. Because she can, she yeah. can like you know. We're playing music and she's in the background like singing up a storm. She don't understand what she did. Like she'll but she'll match she, she, Yeah. She's understanding, she'll mm-hmm. match pitch. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I look forward to the time where like she can hear somebody off pitch and look at them like they're crazy. Bruh. Oh. <laughs> look at them with the bright eyes. Right. <laughs> Man, she's gonna give them a look. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a uh one of them choir directors or something. <laughs> I mean, she has a little bit of her mama in her, so... Right, right, right. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, yeah, it could happen. Or her grandma. Yep. She so said her mom was uh, a little tough on her when she <clears> would, uh, was teaching her how to sing and all that stuff. Did, she, did you play the drums, too? You were younger, like, in church? <coughs> Not in church, but I did play drums. I just sung in the choir. <laughs> oh, you sing? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, were you forced to sing in the choir, or were you, like... Legitimately in the choir. No, I wasn't forced. I, I actually wanted to. That's really saying something because most of the kids are forced. Like, yeah, I was. No, I wasn't yeah. a kid. This is when my young adult. Oh, you were. Yeah. Ah, we learned things. So, uh, no, yeah. Like, you got the, you got the <laughs> So you made the choice. I better believe I was utilized for the uh, what's that Silent Night song Christmas life. Oh, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you, you could definitely. Do. <laughs> yeah, definitely oh man. Um, so so now, what's what's your journey been like? Right, I know you're from Indianapolis. Down, yeah, Naptown. Moses on down to Atlanta. What made you What made you come to Atlanta? Oh, I'm gonna give you the cliche answer. <laughs> the Holy Spirit told me from the bosom. Um. Yeah. What What made me come to Atlanta was a. Uh, um, I knew I wanted to do music, but again, I wasn't sure. The path that God wanted for me, you know, um, 
So I didn't want to just like dart down, you know, to Atlanta and not be sure, you know, the guy. Because I, cause I knew it could crash and burn if he didn't want me to be down there um, or be down here. So, um, you know, I did pray and ask. I said, hey, you know, like, you know, what what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? I'm, you know, in college right now. You know, I'm feeling like I need to to move to Atlanta, that, you know, especially at that time. I mean, it's just the music was scene was I mean it's still crazy but I mean at that point it's at its peak you know what I mean so everybody's kind of moving to Atlanta that wants to do music um so you know made the decision um because I felt like you know you know cliche wise God was pushing me in that direction yeah. to to come here so it's been it's been excellent <laughs> so what are some of your experiences like doing music Right, like mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially—is that like what fifteen years for you now? Like you've been here? Yeah, so we're right there. Yep, so about two thousand seven. Using essentially almost thirty, 30 plus years. So, what has been like your your experience starting off to even getting into the place that you are right now? Mm. Um, there. I mean, obviously, with anything that you do for that long a period, it's trial and error. Like, there's things that you're gonna like that you're not going to know coming in. Yeah. So I know when I first came down here, um, I didn't I didn't recognize like business versus creative. I'm a creative, you know what I mean? Like I was born to create, you know what I mean? But um, you, in order to make a living, you have to understand the business side of it, which I didn't really have any interest in. Um, when I first came down here, I was – you know, working with a lot of people in a lot of studios all the time, but I wasn't making any money because I was trusting that the people that I was working with, oh, they're going to take care of it. They got me. You know what I mean? So I remember like over and over, I would call my mom and be like, oh, mama, you know, you know, I'm in the studio with this person. And she was like, oh, George, let's go get the champagne. You know, they're thinking like it's my big break or whatever, but I didn't know anything. Like I had no, I didn't know anything, but, and, and, you know, all these people are using me, they're you know, to make music and they like all oh, this guy's a musician too, you know, so they're using me to play on stuff. So there's, you know, um, I'm not going to say that was a rough period. It's, it's kind of a bittersweet time because you're around people and you're kind of like, oh, goodness, this is crazy. But then, you know, at some point, you know, that wears off, especially yeah. when you're not eating the way that you know that you probably yeah. should. So th- there's the trial and error aspect of it. Um, and then there's just, uh, from a music standpoint, like anything that you do consistently for a long period of time, we just talk about this, like with your podcast and everything, you're going to get better at it. You should. Yeah. If you're if you're doing it, if you're pushing forward, you should get better. If you're not getting better, you know, I don't know. You probably shouldn't. Yeah. That's, that's probably not the feel for you. Yeah. So I've gotten... I feel like, you know, as anybody puts hours into a craft, whether it's producing or songwriting or being a musician, you get you get better. So I feel like that's just been a natural, you know, progression of um just getting stronger in these different aspects of uh of music. So when people are looking to get into the industry, right? Um, I think a lot of people get lost in fame, right? That's mm. Most people get into music for the fame of it, right? They say that it's love, but it's the fame, it's the mm-hmm. uh, notoriety, and, and mm-hmm. it's the, the money. Um, but there are some things about it that if you don't if you don't know, 
if you don't have people kind of steering you, can easily steer you in the wrong direction. So like, how, how are you able, A, to steer, steer clear of some of those like pitfalls? And then what are some of the pitfalls that people fall into, especially people that are bringing, moving to LA, moving to New York, or moving to Atlanta or even Miami? To, to produce or do music? Like, what are some of the pitfalls that they need to kind of be watching out for and looking out for um, as they pursue? Okay. Um, how was I able to steer clear? So it's actually like a three-part because, like, there's how you're able to steer clear, there's what you weren't able to steer clear from, and then there was how do you steer clear. <laughs> so um, how are you able to steer clear? Um one, if you have a godly compass, that can help. You know what I mean? It really can because he can, you know, there there, there was a one instance in particular at my apartment where I remember calling a, calling a guy to come in and put my internet in. The guy didn't even put my internet in. He he was there at my apartment trying to figure out something um, as regards to putting my internet in. And he said something to me. He talked to me for about five, ten minutes. And I knew it was God. I was like, you're not here to put this internet in. You're just here to say this. I knew it was God like talking to me because I wasn't even talking back to him. And God was basically telling me, he, this guy, he used the word. He said, Atlanta is a cesspool of sin, right? <laughs> That's what he said to me, right? And it was God that was talking to me. And I knew it was God because God had told me some stuff before I moved to Atlanta. You know what I mean? But he, it's like he, he could see like, you 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 can go like one or two ways because God was always trying to like steer me, you know, and He would give me, um, He would show me things to kind of say, hey, you, I'm gonna, sh- I-, I can't keep you from this. I- I'm gonna show you this this road and that road. You could take either one, you know what I mean. But this road is gonna end badly. Um, so there's that. There's having a compass, um, <clears throat> and then there's, um, uh, just from being young. You know, there's there's definitely, there's not pitfalls that you have to fall into or anything. But sometimes, you know, you come to Atlanta if you're young, you know, you might fall into some stuff. Um, try not to stay in that stuff. Try to have God, like, just get you back on the path or whatever. But um, I would say um, another thing as far as avoiding some of the pitfalls also um I think the people that you have around you too, people that can give you like just solid advice, people that have already made huge mistakes and fallen and they can tell you kind of like how to uh, not go into those pitfalls. And then we're in the age of information. So you can, you can read books on uh, the music industry, on some of the pitfalls in the industry. Um, and a lot of those will be business type of um, pitfalls. You know, it's not necessarily just falling into this or that. It's, it's business stuff. So educating yourself from a business standpoint, and it's not a fun thing to do for people that are creative. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. Um, but um, educating yourself in that way. And um, YouTube, there's, there's, you know, YouTube has grown. So there's tons of people uh, that have videos on these type of things on, you know, what things to look for, what not to do um, when you're um copywriting songs and i mean there's just tons of stuff but you know you're gonna learn some stuff through trial and error there's no way i used to tell people all the time like you're gonna get burned like there's there's really no way around it you know what i mean you're not gonna go in um to the music industry and have a clean slate 
like because there's too many snakes and sharks. Yeah. And because it especially what you what you said, God was speaking to him. Like at least it's what you're talking about is Atlanta. Like it's a cesspool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like the industry is a cesspool. <laughs> so predominantly, like you said, it's, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. But if you got that golly compass, you're always protected. And whatever happens, guys, using that for your betterment. Yeah, and now, well, I'm and, and let me, I'll let me clarify that too, because <laughs> I'm not saying it's inevitable that <clears throat> you're gonna fall into uh, necessarily immorality. Right. It is if you. It depends on how close you, you get and how how close you stay to that pocket. Then it becomes inevitable. But I'm talking about as far as. Um, just mistakes, just the regular mistakes that people make in even just the creative space period, right? Like, man, why can't I seem to, you know, be making money? You know, I've got songs on the radio. I've got songs here. Why am I that? It's those type of things. Like, you're not going to come into the industry and just get that. You know what I'm saying? Even if you sign a deal, like I've turned, I've signed deals. I've been under signed deals, but I've also turned down deals because of the knowledge that I have now. You know what I mean? But signing a deal is not necessarily winning. You know what I'm saying? Because if if you go into music industry with no um with no knowledge on deals or business and you think that the end all be all is to sign a deal, you you're gonna lose. And you you could lose bad. Like I you know, I've worked with um uh several artists, man, that were tied down in deals. You know, I'm I remember um working with um Super, super talented artist. Um, she's been featured on a whole lot of songs and everything too. Great songwriter, <coughs> but she was locked into a um, a bad deal, and my manager tried to buy. Uh, we tried to buy her out of the deal, and there was no way of her getting out. And she was like, they near suicidal because it was a five album deal, and it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, you go create five albums, you get out. The five albums had to be approved, so she was stuck. You know, and um, it 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 was just it was horrible. But again, when you sign these deals, you think like, "Oh, great! You know, I'm winning." No, not necessarily. You know, especially you sign one of these crazy like 360 deals, which means basically, you know, the industry is tethered to you no matter what you do. Like you go outside and say, "Oh, I want to sell some merch. I want to sell some perfume." They're taking they're taking money from everything. They get a piece because you've literally because it's like with those 360 deals. You literally like selling. It's like selling you, you know what I'm saying? To this, they, it's like they just bought bought you. So those type of those type of things can really make people like go crazy. So it sounds like, like you should honestly before you even jump into it, you need to be well informed, right? Of like understanding what you're really getting into. Yeah. Um, because like you said, you're you're around snakes and sharks, right? Like you know, people people get into music for the love of it. Not understanding that people are in it for the love of the money that it brings them. Yeah. Exactly. And so they will cut your knees off yeah. in order for them to make sure they keep making a buck, right? Or they'll literally take your life <laughs> to make sure that you're um that they're able to make money. Like I heard someone um um man, I think it was actually it was something that um I saw this clip where um Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all seen that clip floating around. Talking about a Prince. Prince. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Prince said, "I'm not, I'm not sending them kids to college off of my. So you, you mm-hmm. might need to to change this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yo, that's so profound. We don't think about that." And what they do is they put these people and shine them in front of your face 
while they're promoting killing, killing, um, doing drugs, right. having sex with whoever, while they're promoting all that stuff, their kids are going to the best schools, getting the best vehicles, best education, mm-hmm. best health care, best everything. Yeah, away from those neighborhoods. Yep. Yeah, it's just a separate. Yep. It's a gap. Yep. And then yeah. they take that money and invest them in those neighborhoods uh-huh. to price people out. And nobody thinks about that because we're just so like enamored with the celebrity, right? The, the 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 content that they're putting out or the songs that they're writing. Um, so like in in your experience, like um, how have how have you grown as an artist over these? As an artist, musician, producer, um, how what like how have you grown in the industry from you walking in to where you are now? Um, I think um, I've grown in. Um, I've grown. You have to grow in yourself. <laughs> I've grown in myself and knowing the direction that I want to go and be able to stand two feet on that. You know, um, there was um, there was a certain period of time where you know um people were sending me songs for hooks and stuff all the time like to sing hooks or to write hooks and i remember um you know not too long ago somebody had sent me something and you know i you know I, it, at first it was like a progression you know where it was like i was recording anything at first and then it was like okay i'm not gonna be doing any cussing right so then i would tell people that and then it was like you know I'm not I'm not really on that wave, you know. I'm 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 pretty much doing Christian content, so I can't sing anything raunchy or sexual like and it was just just getting that out there. You know what I mean? And generally speaking, I mean I haven't had any issues cuz you know a lot of people you people, you know, if they respect your gift or your talent, um and you try to you're consistent in holding yourself to a certain standard and, and having integrity, they'll respect it. They'll, and it'll be like, you know, oh, okay, no worries, man. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think you said something key, like I think that's probably another thing walking into the industry, you gotta know who you that are. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You gotta yeah. know like you gotta know what your number is, <laughs> right? You got you gotta know what you're willing to walk away from. You gotta know, um, I mean, really who you are. Because you know, if you don't know who you are, this is the one industry that's going to chew you up and spit you out. Like, what are some of the craziest things that you've seen, like, being in this space, right? Like, mm. um, from people you've worked with, things you've seen in the studio. Um, um it depends on, like, okay, well, how... <laughs> well, I, I, there, okay, there's some crazy, there's some crazy stuff. Um, I wouldn't. Be, I'm. I'm probably not gonna go on record with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause it, cause it involves people. Oh, that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm saying stuff that you, um, that you can share. Uh, stuff that I've seen that I can share. Oh, what did I just have? Um, craziest stuff I've seen. Well, I wouldn't say this is crazy. I would say this is more of a norm. Um, I won't tell you who these people are either. But no, I've I've been involved. Uh, with my production team in a couple of major lawsuits, you know what I'm saying? Of um, one was a song that ended up on um, somebody's <coughs> somebody's album. The artist himself didn't steal it, but his engineer did to try to take credit for it. So that was like two, three year lawsuit. And then there was somebody on um, a a show on VH <laughs> VH1 took something. 
And that was um a long, a long battle. Those things right there are they're not experiences that you have to go to, but they're they're eye-opening. You know, they're eye-opening because it again it goes back to what I was saying about like um how I always say in, in, in the music industry, it's not like a nine to five. If I go, if I'm working a nine to five, if I go, I know that if I put in the hours, then I'm gonna have a check at the end of two weeks. Right. You know, that that's it's if I put in the hours or put in the work, I'm gonna have a check. Music is not like that. You have to you have to actually make your money and get your money like literally quite literally because um you 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 actually have to do it because um it's not it's not just going to happen like very rarely you know I I consider myself actually <laughs> to be one of the people that um you know I I hold myself to integrity when it, when it comes to this stuff and I I give um I consult you know what I'm saying and not off of money I just do it because if I see somebody's just in a pocket where they're about to just get killed, I'm like, look, man, I'm about to put you on a little bit of game right here. It's what you need to do this, you need to do this, you know. And people, even even if they call and ask me, I had an artist that bought some beats from me, didn't know me at all, and she called me and we got into a conversation and she was just asking me a whole bunch of questions and I, you know, put her on game with all that stuff. But a lot of people, what they do is they see you, they see that you don't know. It's it's like going into a, a dangerous foreign country and they can see right. that you're a foreigner. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of how the music industry is. Like you could tell like people that don't know anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even they could be super talented. Talent doesn't really matter. You know what right. I'm saying? That that's the crazy thing. The talent is actually it's not the cake. It's the icing on the cake. Yeah. You know that it should be that the talent is the cake, but it's 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 the business that has taken that over. So if they can see that you don't know anything, they're not going to. They're not going to tell you that. They're just going to take advantage of you. You know what I mean? And then you'll be years into something wondering why, um, you know, you're still mm-hmm. living at your mama's house or still living in your apartment or still here. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. You're, you're not going to um, – and there's been horror stories, so we should have learned – music artists should have learned through TLC and through New Edition. Those were horror stories, right? New Edition – Getting off tour, getting off a bus, and going back to the housing projects, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So those are horror stories, and people should have learned from those things. But these are, um, and and like I said, those things are kind of like normalities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen, you know, uh, crazy things. I know one time, it's, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say this was a crazy thing, but this was kind of an eye-opening thing. Um, I was in the studio, and um, there was a lot of people in there, and I mean, you you know how I am. I, I'm just you know talking. I'm goofing off all the time. Yeah. Um, what one one thing I will say is when you get into certain spaces, uh, those spaces aren't necessarily like when you're chilling with your homies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I said I said something in the studio, very nonchalantly, and and under normal circumstances, it would be nonchalant, and we would just laugh at it and have a little conversation if it was just homies. But I said something, and I forgot that, you know, there are people in the room that personally know all these people, right? So it was very awkward. It was very, very awkward. And I didn't say, I didn't think I said anything like slanderous or anything, but I just brought up something, you know what I'm saying? Um, And it got really, really quiet, and I knew immediately, like, (laughs) 
man, you know, I hope I haven't just blackballed myself out of this studio or out of this situation. But it was it was an eye-opening experience. It was kind of like, okay, you know, you can't just say anything. It's not like you're at the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause music is small. It's a small circle. In fact, I would, I would, I would argue that the people that really control the music industry could fit in this room. It's I'm talking about, and you know, these are like the the older white dudes, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's it's a small industry. So like if you start talking or anything, you know, you could get kind of blackballed quickly. Quickly. <coughs> yeah. It's crazy that you would say it's a small industry, yet it produces so much um capital. It produces so much capital, but it's a small industry as far as uh the movers and shakers, it's not it's not a big industry. It's just just same thing with the media. Our media goes right. through three main I think three or four main uh groups. I think all the the labels basically go under the umbrella of three three labels. So it's all small. It's a hierarchy. And um yeah, once you start getting up to the top, it's not it's not big. And if you really start looking at the people that are promoted and pushed, it's not a lot of people. Yeah. It's not a lot of people that are in that that pocket of we are going to put everything into you and push you, push your brand, push your that's not a lot of people. You know what I mean? So, like, so <coughs> someone say I'm coming in, like, yo, Wes, I want to get into the music industry. I want to be able to, I want to be popping. I want to get popular. Um, would you encourage them to go the independent route, or would you have them hunting out a deal? Mm. I mean, me personally, I'm more of an independent route person, but just because I'm an independent route person doesn't mean that's your path. Yeah. But I would say, um, there, there's just certain deals that I would say to stay, stay away from. Um, there, there are certain deals. There are certain deals that, let's say, are not great, but they could catapult you to a, a, a position to make a better deal somewhere else, right? Um, so, yeah, I would say there, there, there are certain. Um, Deals that you just don't want to take off the bat, right? So, um, publishing, like paying attention to publishing, um, paying pay attention to those percentages, and pay attention to uh, like things like albums. How many albums need to be completed? How much needs to be recouped? Uh, how uh, how long is the deal? Like there was a, there was a period of time where I wouldn't sign any longer than like a year or two to anything, no matter how good the deal was. I wouldn't sign any more than a year or two. So at worst, I'm stuck for a year. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not signing anything that's like locking me into anything because like that I feel like I feel so good now because I'm I don't have like I'm free. I'm, I have complete freedom of creativity. Yeah. And I'm a creative person. So um when you're in a lot of those spaces, you would be shocked. I mean, how how much you could value your peace and how much you would value creative control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. You don't just get that when you just sign sign stuff without looking at it. You definitely need other people, um, probably an attorney. Like I had an attorney. You got to have an attorney like look over because you're not going to be able to like understand everything that's being said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think about, um, I just think about, dang, you just said something. Come on, Holy Spirit, bring it back. <laughs> yes, Anyways, uh, it'll come back to me. Let me ask. Um, let me ask you this though, like, because you said you've been in the industry for about how long now? Oh, um, 
I've been in the industry, well, technically since I was like 14. About 14. Yeah. So that's roughly what, like... I'm, I'm about to be 40, so that's 26, 20, I'm 25 years, I guess, perfectly. So that's, a, that's a good amount of... Definitely like my good amount of years. Like, what's what's some things in the industry that you've noticed that have changed, like, from then until now? That you... That it's things that have shifted, changed for good or better that you've noticed that have changed, even in your personal business while being in the industry? File sharing. File sharing changed everything. And, it, how, and how is, is you, and of course you being a part of it, how do you see that like that change? How, like, do you see that being like a I guess say a good thing or or not the best thing for the artist? Uh, I I I, I say it's probably it was it was bad. It was definitely bad for the industry because <laughs> I mean the industry, you know. Has lost, uh, you know, lots of money. Well, here, here's here's my spiel on what I think was going on at some point. I think there was a lot of great music that was made for a period of time, and at some point, as the music and the dollars started flowing in, because you got to think in the sixties and seventies, they weren't making millions of dollars, right? Yeah. But those millions of dollars are now starting to float in. You know, as you get into the nineties, you get into what you call the golden age, right? So as that money starting to flow in. What's what was happening was, mind you, remember I told you I used to I used to love going to a CD store, you know, and buying music every weekend. I would do that, and if I didn't buy music, I was listening to it. Um, what began to happen was, people were throwing 17, 20 songs on there where two songs were good, right? So they were producing music quickly. It was almost like fast food, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like the the response was the file share. You know, it, it was like the response to, to cable being so high was the fire stick. Wow. Right? Yeah. So there's there's always like if you if you if you take advantage of the little man long enough, at some point they hit back. And I thought file sharing was kind of like the hit back, but it was the type of hit back that there wasn't going to be any um there was going to be no way of fixing it. You have to, you have to, the music industry is forced to adapt and they still haven't made it up. They still, they, that's why, that's where the 360 deals started coming in. And that's why pe- you see people trying to do new creative things. Like, you know, you saw people trying to put out visual albums. Um, right. You saw, you see people trying to do all kinds of different things right. through the years right. because it changed the game forever. Now, um, did it change it for, for the good I mean, I think I don't know. I think there's two sides of the corner. I think, I think, um, is music oversaturated now? Because I, I, as a producer, I can speak as a producer. It, it's there's been stuff that has kind of messed up the production game, right? Like for for instance, like earlier on in the golden age, somebody like Timberland, let's say he's the high, he, him and you know Pharrell, Timberland for sure. I mean, he was selling. He was making two hundred fifty thousand a beat for an advance, not including points, mechanical royalties, or anything like that. He was making two hundred fifty thousand. Um, now, those days are over, and I probably forever. I mean, probably forever, because there was a point in music where if you were touching a song that was um, 
was getting out there, you're gonna make a million dollars. Like right. there was a pocket of time where if you you just had to be on that joint. I did the uh on there and you was gonna you're gonna make some money. You know what I'm saying? People were just trying to do anything just to jump on the tracks. Now it's just it's it's a totally different ballgame, man. Like you got people production wise that are um, you know, really giving away music. So it's really it really messes up the market. You know, from a supply and demand standpoint, it just messes up the market. So there are a lot of challenges, man. Um, but I think there's a lot of, I think, you know, if you're an optimist, there's a lot of great things that you could do from the space, man. The internet is a game changer because now because of <clears throat> all the stuff that file sharing did, it did give um, people um, more routes to go independent. You know what I'm saying? And if you go independent, obviously if you if you can break out independent, you're gonna be good to go. You're gonna be making way more money than you would be when you're sharing it with, you know, lots of people in the music industry. So Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's helpful for people to understand. Like I remember um Cause that that whole file sharing started when we were in like high school. Yeah. Um, I, I know they had Napster. Nap Kazaa. Wire. Lime wire. Lime wire. Right. wire is the one that we give your computer disease. Oh yeah, yeah. Kazaa. <laughs> I got diseases from all of them joints. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it also, I mean, I guess you could say the con of the whole um, file sharing is albums are more likely now to be leaked. Earlier. Oh yeah. Like, I remember I had a copy of Usher's Confessions before Confessions <laughs> came out. I have a confession. I have confessions. <laughs> All right. One of my uh, high school guys somehow got his hands on it. And so because I gave him a ride, he, uh, you know, gave it to me for free. I ended up buying the album. Right? Yeah. Someone, Good for someone, you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, I think, and that kind of even helped <laughs> stop that, though. Like, people can't... You don't get it for free, or better yet, like you're not stealing the content. So, like if if I have a CD and you have a CD burner, I come to your house and burn the CD for you to have it. Now, you know people aren't missing out on those checks because they're streaming now. You get points now. Obviously, you got to get a lot like of a streams, lot. right? How they kind of yeah. Oh man, the way they do that, like yeah, oh man, to make. It was it was Pandora at first. Pandora was crazy with the percentages. Like you would you wouldn't make anything. But Spotify is pretty bad too. Like it's hard it's hard to make um a lot of a lot of money off of streams. You could make a lot off of YouTube if if everything goes right. If you understand like how to integrate certain things, because um, people that are doing these videos, like they are figuring out the game and they're so what they're doing is like they're making they're not just making money from the ads, they're making money from this, that, and the third. They're making money from like four different things like exactly. per video. Yeah. That's how you start to build it up. Yeah. Now we I mean when you talk about like Spotify, like do you know the percentages? Like I don't know the actual percentage, but I know I know you're not you you could <laughs> something could stream two million times and that doesn't mean like Oh man, you know, I just made a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's not it's it's not that. It's it's I don't I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's it's pretty low. Um but the streaming thing, what the streaming thing does is I think streaming is the reason why 
the reason why you can probably bypass the industry. That's it's one of the things that helps you bypass the industry mm-hmm. because of exposure. Yeah. Because you used to pay for you when you're paying um you're publishing to somebody or giving your percentages to somebody in the industry, it was for distribution and for exposure and for network and stuff like that. Well, now, if you cre- create that on your own from your own YouTube, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the network will come to you. Because if you get big enough, people will come. Your network will come. Yeah. Your exposure is obviously there if you're getting you know hundreds of thousands of subscribers, stuff like that. And then once you create, again, once you create a pocket of people that are going to follow you, you just distribute it yourself. You don't need to. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure not too many people are doing CDs anymore. So it's just it's easier to do those things. People know how to go through TuneCore and Spotify. They know how to go through all the streaming sites. So there's basically a way for you to be successful. And let's be honest, vast majority of people, I would say the vast majority of people in the music uh, would probably be happy making some level of a living off of it, yeah. not having to be rich and famous now there there are some that are going to push for that that really want to be rich and famous um and they're going to push for that but most people would you know will probably be happy being able to make a living and that's very very possible in the climate that we're in now yeah, right. you know yeah. so yeah, man. <coughs> good stuff bro um, are you you good to stick around for a part two um, I mean, before we before we cut for this uh, this episode, I want you to tell them because you said earlier that you're working on um, you you've been working on an album. Um, you're I think this is your first solo project. Mm-hmm. Your first solo project in the industry, fifteen plus or twenty plus years. Yeah, and it's your first time. We'll definitely dive into part two. Like, what has that process been for you? Because I'm I'm sure just through our conversations that it's different. From being a producer of managing different things. Yeah, I told you that. It's a different game. And producer to, to hold all that stuff together. The systems look to, two totally different. Yep. And it was like for me, you know, being first time being able to be a part of uh, a project um, to see like how the process has been, how it has helped mold like even my expectations. But we'll, we'll dive into that even more yeah. in the next part. But if you can, um, you know, look in the camera, let them know where can they find the project? Where can they, you know, any information, social media, all that stuff, where they can they find you to get the album um, and so you can learn more about it. Okay. Um, yes, my name is Kadeem. Um, my brother speaking over here, he was actually one of the songwriters on the project, so he's been heavily invested in it as well. So hopefully hopefully you can get used to seeing seeing these uh QR codes. We want uh we want this QR code in particular just spread around the world. Um uh, we can't do it by ourselves. We're not going through a music industry to do it. It it can only be done through everybody coming together. If you if you have a desire to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, um Please spread this QR code. The web, actual website is www.thejcproject.org. Um, and this QR code, it leads you actually to the website where you can download the album. Uh, we have, uh, there's there, there'll be merch. There's places to donate if you want to donate to the ministry as well. Um, so we want to just spread the word. That's, that's the true mission of this, just to spread the gospel. But we're going to... This is going to be hands-on, so I'm not going through a music industry or anything like that. We're just This is going to be hands-on, so we're going to allow God to do whatever he wants to do, you know, and my expectation is what he wants to do. So, um, yeah, please join us in this mission.
Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, like I said, we're going to dive into, into this in part two, but he was like, yo, bro, um, yeah, the Lord told me to uh, give this thing away free. And I was like, <laughs> the Lord said, give it away free. I'm down with it, right? Um, and then just, like, just some of our conversations, um, for me, it's just like, and, and I'm a believer. And it's like some of the stuff he said to me sounds outlandish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm new to this, so I, I'm just going to sit back and learn. But, bro, I appreciate you taking the time with us to, yes, to, to share your story, share yes, um, sir. Just some of your experiences. Um, I hope someone, um, you know, was able to, to, to get some nuggets to even understand, to, to have a, just even a baseline of what it's like walking into the industry. So we appreciate it. Like I said, we're, we're talking about being entrepreneurs and you know, when you're an artist, like you have to be an entrepreneur as an artist, mm. right? Cause it's, it's not a nine to five, like you said, it's something that, you know, you have, some people have crazy hours and, um, but it can bring the most fulfillment based upon your goals in this space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well guys, uh, like I said, we had to cut this, cut this episode short. Um, but we definitely, definitely want you to tune in for um, part two. Uh, we're going to dive into even the JC project. What is it that he's uh, wanting to portray? You know, like you said, I, I've been a, a really a strong, I've been a part of it since um, at least halfway through. Right, it's been a long, long journey. But, um, but I hope something was said to encourage you, to to uplift you, to help you. You know, make a decision on if you're going to jump into the music industry, kind of give you some things that set your expectations so you're not disappointed, so you're not just uh, taken advantage of, and all those things. Um, and then, you know, I always got to leave it up to uh, the guy to the left of me to, to give the benediction. Any other last words, my guy? Do I? I don't even need to follow up with that. You dropped him, boo, 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 boo. What is this? Left to say. No, I'm just messing with you. But no. Because um, we know you. Nah, nah, I know it last time right. It's like, well, I, I thought you didn't have anything to say, right? <laughs> but nah, um, I just uh, just great. He just, uh, West dropped some great um, points and sharing things with the industry. One thing that um, kind of stuck out with me is like the God compass thing. Like, I just think that's just important, um, along with like, just having that identity. Uh, within yourself before going into an industry just like such because like I said that it's just one of those industries where you know, it, you not knowing what well, you will pay you yeah. know type of yeah. thing so yeah. um, as long as you are you have the the Holy Spirit within you and you trust the voice and the leadership of Christ within you um, it will definitely, you will have not much to worry about, I would say, um, in the industry. And even mm -hmm. things similar to that, you know what I'm saying? You can walk in um, knowing that you don't have to fear, you know what I'm saying? Walk in knowing in that you don't have to uh, be filled with trepidation, but that you can walk fiercely and with courage, trusting, hoping in the path that he puts before you that you're going to be good, you know what I'm saying? So and that's what we, we promote here at Raw Purpose, you know. Um, knowing who you are, being tapped into your purpose. So definitely, if you're considering going to the industry, make sure you are solid in who you are in in your purpose, your divine purpose, and that'll give you some good ground going into anything in life, definitely into the music industry. Big facts, yeah. big facts. So um, do us a favor. Please like, share, comment, um, hit the notification bell so that 
you know, you can get this information every time it drops in so that people can hear um, what, we're, what we're talking about. I think we're producing some really good content um, and you guys have grown with us and we appreciate um, those subscribers that are, have been rocking with us and those listeners and viewers that have been rocking with us. We've just been continuously working on it. And as Wes says, you you got to grow in your uh, craft. you got to grow. And if it's not getting better, then, you know, essentially you're dying, right? And so we're, we're, we're making those steps to get, get better. So do us a favor, like, share. You'll find us on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google. We're on Amazon as well. Um, and then if you want to email us, get in contact with us, you can find us at rawonpurpose at gmail. And we're on Instagram, rawonpurpose underscore. So until next time, it's your boy Zay. And it's your boy Rashad. And this is the Raw on Purpose Podcast. That's Raw right. Keep happening. Tap and tap Tap into your purpose. Tap and tap They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. They act as if we see no hear no speak no evil. We tapping into purpose.